Footy Ado, a delusional soccer podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. This story is unwritten, but it is called The Curse of Olivier Giroud. Uh, a while back, when Olivier Giroud was still plying his trade at Arsenal, I got our older, our older brother Nick a mug of Olivier Giroud's iconic scorpion kick. Months later, Giroud was then sold to my beloved Chelsea. I tweeted out about it afterwards that I had cursed the mug, and in order to obtain the meaty French forehead and bring him to West London, as a joke, obviously, but down the line, fast forward to last episode where we were talking about Olivier Giroud's hair, and I had mentioned that he hasn't grown it out yet. It's still too short. I then went and got a haircut, and the barber cut my hair too short. After I said I wanted an inch off the top, she left an inch, and I was like looking at myself in the mirror, and I realized, wow, this is the Olivier Giroud Chelsea haircut. (laughs) The curse of Olivier Giroud. The curse of Olivier Giroud. What a curse to, to uh, you know, have have put upon you. Honestly, you yeah. should you should count yourself lucky. Yeah, I mean, it could it could be worse. I could uh, have had pictures released of me in a hotel room right before a huge knockout game against Bayern Munich that they were going to lose anyway. Yeah. Can we rewind to a time in the 2013-14 season that Yaya Sonogo started a Champions League knockout game? Because of where is he at? Because now? of that, uh, Yaya Sonogo, I, I, I don't know, Vietnam. Let's find out what club does he currently play for. He plays. Wow, he plays for Toulouse. Uh. He's back in France. Wonder how uh how how are Toulouse doing in the uh in the standings these these days? Where is Yaga Sonogo at? Uh, certainly not in the top five. Uh, he's in fifteenth place. He plays for a team that has scored thirty two goals in thirty five matches. What was the nickname? His okay. Well, he, his, what his nickname was Yaya Sonogo. Yeah, Yaya Sonogo, and then he scored and against called him. Yeah, he scored against Dortmund, and then they called him Yaya so one goal. <laughs> so stupid. I'm pretty sure he had a uh, he had a preseason hat trick, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay, but didn't score until I think like November. Um, the fact that we're talking about Yaya Sonogo means this is not a good start. Uh, so let's actually get to it. Um, the title well, we, race we hit rock bottom. You know, <laughs> after last week's lost recording, rock bottom has been something. We, yeah. We've been sitting at rock bottom for a little while now for a while Um, yeah but the title race we thought was taking turns that you know had kind of uh thrown it off its track but liverpool win late and city win emphatically thanks to uh vincent company from 30 yards out i knew i was gonna say that this is actually recorded before the game game hasn't happened yet and Vincent Company is going to score a wonder goal who didn't know that come on uh Sergio Aguero shouting don't shoot don't shoot 
my man shoots and my man scores. Uh, have he you shouted? I, don't shoot. Yes, yes, he did. I've, um, seen, I've seen the goal, it, but I didn't. I didn't see that. Um, what an insane goal! I was saying to you, I said, "How do you? Uh, how did it must feel to be the guy on Leicester who was like contemplating whether or not to step up on Vincent Company, and then realizing or thinking to themselves, oh, it's it's Vincent Company. We'll be fine.' It, and then having that goal it's, go in, it's Mega Mind. We're okay. No big deal." <laughs> How about that though? Um, uh, it could be could be the biggest goal in the title race, um, considering that uh, City now go to Brighton to finish off the season. Uh, Vincent Company assisted by Amir Laporte, a center back to center back uh, goal uh, goal with the assist there. Um, usually, you only see that like on a flick on on a corner, but City find right. a way to make it happen. Yeah, it's. I mean, it it was. It's so interesting. Um, it would have been very interesting had they not won because, you know, we were talking, they're coming off that that game against Burnley where their goal was scored by an inch and then Aguero had a goal uh, denied by an inch. So if we were talking about two goal line technology decisions that that uh, played a huge role in the title race. It's, but it's been, it's been very, they, both teams have been very impressive in different ways. I mean, City have... Have scraped by these past couple games with one uh, nil victories, whereas you know the last game with with Liverpool against Newcastle, they you know Mo Salah got hurt and they found a way to score a late goal. They're 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 winning the way champions should, and it's unfortunate that only one of them gets to take the crown. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's let's go uh, into a little bit more detail with City and Leicester. Um, and then we'll we'll dive into the Liverpool Newcastle result as well. Um, City looked not great for probably I want to say the first 25, 30 minutes of the match. Um, they just didn't look like they were creating enough chances. Didn't look like they uh, were you know fully in it. And all the credit in the world to Leicester City and Brendan Rodgers. Um, they set up very well against City in this first half and um, really challenged them. In the second half, it kind of faded away, but this wasn't a game with City having 75% of possession, all the shots, um, you know, tripling their opponent's uh, passes like they've done at some points this season. Um, Leicester City early on put up a good fight. In the second half, they really sat back and only had a few chances, but um, after the company goal, that, that chance from the former City player, uh, Ian Acho, where he, he puts the ball wide when he's in on goal, he, he put the ball as far wide as he was uh, as far as he was out from the goal. So um, that could have been a, a massive twist in this title race. Um, but Leicester really just didn't create enough in that second half. Um, and City, you know, they had... It, it only takes moments... At this point in the season, um, and they truly had a big moment. And uh, as long as they go on and win this title, that Vincent Company goal is going to go down in history as one of the biggest goals for uh, for this club in their in their entire history. Um, of course, it really can't beat Sergio Aguero's. Uh, huh. I can't speak right now. Sergio Aguero's uh, 
late goal in 2012, but um, it's it's right up there in the storyline. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's like they're they're winning the way. You know, when you look back on seasons, uh, champion, you know, title winning seasons, and the, the those are the goals you point to, and it's you know, and Liverpool have had no shortage of. You know, if Liverpool were to go on and win the league, they're going to look back at that huge Divac Origi goal. Um, and, you know, they're going to look back at this Man City. They're going to look back at the uh, the goal against Burnley that they got by an inch. Um, fine margins in this title race. And uh, I think uh, it's it's been duly deserved for the fans, at least, that we're going to get uh, a final day with, with a title title race still on going into it which is which is something we haven't had in a while yeah it's been a, it's um, been a few seasons yeah. since we've got that yeah and for and oddly enough there's the relegation fight which we'll talk about and the top four race is pretty much all decided uh somehow you know two weeks ago it was going to be the craziest wild like most wild final day because all these races were still going on and now it's just the title race, which I mean is the one that you want to be the uh, still open, still up for grabs, but it's going to be a wild uh, final day. Yeah, absolutely, and um, obviously at this point, the the two games to pay attention to is Liverpool Wolves and Man City against Brighton, um, be- just because those storylines are not quite um, what we thought they would be at this point. Um, with some recent results, we'll we'll uh, get to that a bit later in the show. Um, but so we talk, we, we talked city. Let's look at that Liverpool, the Liverpool result, because you say, you know, the goal that company scored, you're going to look back and say, you know, this, that's the goal that title winners score. They're, uh, in a situation where, um, they're, they have a lot of the ball, they're getting shots off and they're kind of just putting them off target. Um, but the same case is for Liverpool. They're, they've had plenty of goals like this where uh, Divock Origi, this isn't his first winner of the season. The, you look back um, on the winner against Everton where the ball bounces off the crossbar twice and then Origi heads it in. Um, huge mistake by Pickford, but Origi takes the chance. And that, you can say, qualifies as a goal that a title winner scores. It's 2-2 late on, 86 minute. Origi scores on scores a header on this free kick, um, mm-hmm. brilliant assist from Shakiri. It was a perfect free kick, and you can say that's that's a goal that title winners score. And it's a situation where if they beat Wolves next week, they're on ninety seven points, and that would be uh, is it's either the third or fourth um, highest point total in. It would be the third or fourth highest point total in Premier League history, and they would be surrounded by teams that have all won the title. They'd be the only ones in, I want to say, in the top nine or ten that haven't won the title. Um, so, you know, we say, "Oh, City, yeah, that, that's the that's the type of goal that title winners score." But Liverpool have done the same. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at you look back early in the season, it say City or Brighton are able to get a draw against City, um, and Liverpool win and they win the title by one game. You look back against at that 
Daniel Sturridge goal at Stanford Bridge at the beginning of the season. The absolute screamer that that he had to to earn a point. Those are points that we're going to be looking at as incredibly vital. Um, but like I said at the beginning of the pod, like both of these teams deserve to win the title, and they're they're show with these type of performances, these late winners, these amazing goals, like the one company scored. Um, and you know, it's just, uh, it's just, it's, it's a shame that one of these teams is going to win because they both deserve it. Yeah. And you have the, the storyline of all oh, Liverpool are bottlers. No, they're not the 97. If they finish on 97 points, you can't even, you can't call that a bottle. Even if they lose on the final day, even if Wolves beats them, 94 points and not winning the title is absurd. The the only way you can call them bottlers is say if they are if City draw with Brighton and they lose to Wolves. Yeah, I I could I could understand that. Um, but you know they've put themselves in a position to you know still have a shot at the title on the final day of the season. And honestly, what more could you ask for? But this season could go down with, um. You know, I talked to you before the show and said that we're not going to mention Liverpool and Barcelona for more than 15 seconds. Here's the 15 seconds. It's over. They're not going to win the Champions League. Okay, that's done. If Liverpool finish this season without a trophy, how does that, how do you go forward? How do you have this great team that's accomplished so much, even in the league, that, they're, that they may not win? And they're not going to walk away with a trophy this season? Not even a, not even a final appearance. I, you know, the final Jurgen appearance Klopp for is them the is Cup. the final day. Exactly. Yeah, this I is mean. it. Because, you know, even if, okay, Liverpool uh, beat Wolves, City slip up against Brighton. Liverpool win the league, City still have an FA Cup final. City already won the Carabao Cup. So um, I know that it's, they won't consider just, you know, two domestic cups a successful season considering the money that's spent and the, the type of players they have at the club. But... Um, it'd be in, insane for Liverpool to uh, not win a trophy this season. And it's going to be, it's, I mean, it's going to be an incredible missed, op- incredible missed opportunity because like the standards these two teams have set this season, the rest of the, the teams below them, you know, the Arsenal's, Chelsea's, the Tottenham's, the Man United's of the world are going to be buying and planning to up their game to be level with Liverpool. Whereas you see that happen a lot, where a team wins the title and then other teams, the other top four teams around them or so, they 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 buy and they they get better and then um, they're more level the next year. And this is a year where Liverpool are twenty points above third place. Yeah. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're they're most likely not gonna uh, walk away with a, with a trophy. Yeah, and it just comes down to their luck, really, because. You know, Vincent Company hasn't scored ever from outside the box in the Premier League. I want to say, uh, I think the stat was like it's his first shot from outside the box in six years. Um, something insane. Like, it's just, it's absolutely. I mean, he scored big goals. They've, he has. He's not. He, been yeah. On set pieces. Yeah. It, you never thought that a Vincent Company wonder strike was going to be the one that uh, that helped. Uh, get that grip on the title uh, just a little bit better before the final day. Um, so I, I I honestly was just stunned when that goal went in. I absolutely amazed. Um, 
that that he did that and that City pulled it off against a, a very good Leicester City side um, who will be featured later in the podcast in my delusion. So um, stay oh, tuned okay, for okay. that. Um, but, Jared, it feels like it's coming on unless you have some something to say. It feels like that ad break is, is making its way. Well, yeah, I mean, this is this is going to be a weird ad break because so I'm not going to be on the podcast when we get back. Incredible. It's going to be uh, Roto World fantasy soccer columnist Chuck Booth with me talking Spurs Ajax uh, when you come back from this ad break. But um, we'll, uh, we'll be rejoined by Jared later in the pod. Welcome in, uh, Chuck Booth, a fantasy soccer columnist for Roto World, joining us on Footy Ado today. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. It's been a while since we since we last talked. You uh, joined Jared and I uh, for the penalty spot, but this is the first time on the new working title of Footy Ado, um, so it's good to have you on. We're going to talk a little uh, Champions League action. Chuck, a big Spurs fan, um, so we're going to talk... Uh, Tottenham's chances in the second leg against Ajax. Um, that first leg was a 1-0 win for Ajax at the uh, new Spurs Stadium. Um, a goal was finally allowed uh, by Spurs at the new stadium um, after uh, a great run of games to start. Um, but starting with, with the first leg... Um, were you surprised that that Ajax uh, that Ajax scored and then kept a clean sheet against Spurs at home? Um, well, so based on the way the actual game went, I'm honestly surprised Ajax didn't get more. Um, it looked like Spurs one underestimated Ajax, and then two just like weren't prepared for how they were going to attack without Sun in the game. Yeah, that that was a, a big miss. Um, the Spurs injuries and then adding a suspension to um, your best attacker at this point is is not not a great look for that first leg. But um, I, I agree with you, though, that Tottenham are actually lucky to be going into the second leg uh, without having uh, conceded more in the first leg. Um now, taking into consideration, um, do you, do you take into consideration uh, form in the Premier League um, for Tottenham when you look at uh, their chances for the second leg, or do you kind of just say it's a Champions League semifinal, even though the league, uh, even though there's been some some not great results in the league, it's you have to get up for this game. Um, that's actually a really interesting question because honestly, I'm not sure how heavily to rate their Premier League form here. Um, Because even going into back to the last round against City, the Premier League form was crap, but they were still up for those games. Um, But the way this past game against Bournemouth went, I really don't know what to expect because everyone was so demoralized giving up that injury time winner down to nine men that it's going to be pretty hard for that not to carry over. Yeah, that's a, 
that's one of those crushing uh, defeats that because you know going down to nine men playing almost half the game, uh, more than half the game with ten, and then almost half the game with nine after Foyt was sent off early into his uh, substitute appearance um, to to nearly get even just a point out of that playing with two less men is incredible and then just to have uh, Ake score at the end that's that's got to uh, do something to the mindset of the team but um, looking at the last five in all competitions for Spurs there's only one win and that wins against Brighton and that wasn't a convincing win yeah that was just a moment of magic from Erickson and Spurs getting very very lucky yeah and uh in those five matches it's it's all been one nil the one uh win and then four four losses where are you, are you worried that uh the goal scoring form is not where it should be um I'm not too worried solely due to the fact that Musa Sissoko is back healthy, which means Spurs actually have a shuttler in the midfield and will no longer need to use Erickson in that role. And that was one of the big things in that first leg against Ajax when Jan Vertonghen went off with his concussion was Sissoko coming on the pitch immediately. Ajax did not know what to do with him. Yeah, and Sissoko has been incredible as a defensive midfielder. Um that's a sentence I never thought I'd say, but he has, he's really uh, taken that, that role by the scruff of the neck and made it his. And he's, as long as he's healthy, he is the first choice in that, in that spot right now because of the, the injuries that have, that have plagued the team. Um, so thinking about how, you know, th- this IX team, it's a tough team to go against, not only because, they have the talent. They score a lot of goals. They haven't. They've been doing it all season, um, but also they're kind of the. If you don't have a, a rooting interest left in the in the Champions League, this is the team you're pulling for because of how big of a story it is. How tough do you think that is on a mental note for Spurs? Man, let me tell you how much I actually hate the fact that I have to root against Ajax here. Um, it hurts, and I can't even imagine what Spurs are going through because there's not only that, there's the fact that so many core players on Spurs currently were made at Ajax. Yeah, that's that's big with uh, Erickson, Sanchez, Alderweireld, and Vertonghen, right? All, all four uh, are former Ajax players? Yep. So that's... Uh, that's <laughs> That's definitely tough uh, as a, for you to go against that. Um, you know, you, no one no one likes the team that knocks out the Cinderella, um, whether it's in the Champions League, whether it's a, a March Madness type thing. You root for the Cinderella, and then you're mad when they're knocked out, and you kind of root against the t- whatever team did knock them out. Yeah, um, the thing that the thing that sucks is that in literally any other circumstance than what's currently going on. Spurs are the Cinderella here. Yeah, and it's that's it's it's funny how it works itself out like that. But um, is uh, I know that uh, there is I heard a rumor that Harry Kane was going to try to be fit um, Good at Lord, some point. Um, how why is it that Spurs have been better without him? 
Um, so that's a really tough question because they have and they haven't been better without him. Um, because one of the problems is that Harry Kane has been dropping deep far too often this year because he's gotten so used to needing to be involved in everything involving the whole the holdup play for Spurs, but that's not really something that he needs to worry about right now because if he was just playing as a traditional number nine with everyone in the lineup who can play a ball in offering him service, he could just bang in goals. And but him dropping deep is now occupying the same space that Son, Erickson, and Ali all want to get into. Yeah, it creates a, a bit of a, a clutter and um sometimes it looks like not everyone's on the same page in that attacking sense when um when many different players are all trying to do the same thing. Um how impressed are you with Tottenham getting this far? Um, immensely impressed. Like, if you told me at the beginning of the season, once um, Champions League groups were announced, that Spurs would not only go through, that they'd make it all the way um, to the semis, like, I would take it. And then especially if you told me after their start to Champions League, where they basically needed to win out and, like, get a result against Barca in Barca. Yeah, that's um, that definitely impressive. You know, it was what, they lost the first two and then drew the third in the group stage. So one point halfway through, it's like, all right, they're they're done. There's There's no way they're coming back from this. And then to get a result in Barcelona, as you said, on the final day of the group, even though it was against a, a bit of a rotated Barcelona side, that's still not an easy task. Um, now, there there was some talk before the first leg um, from Pochettino about how uh, Dutch football took a break. They decided to postpone matches to help Ajax going into um, that first leg, do you really think that played a, a big part in Ajax getting the win? Um, it definitely did, because if you have an entire week to focus on one game um, and rest up for it, it helps. Like, it was pretty clear that they had fresher legs. Um, but I also think it's going to slightly hurt them, too, because... Also, on the flip side, having an entire week to focus on one game can means you end up over-preparing. And based on how that second half went, I think there's a chance that they may over-prepare for what Spurs may throw at them on Wednesday. How confident are you in Tottenham's chances to get to the final? I'd say I'd give them an 80% chance of making them. All right. That's a bit of confidence. I like it. Um, I certainly hope you're wrong. Um, we all know my, my rooting interest there. Yeah. Um, you, you had a great weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, really enjoying myself right now. Um, a miserable, miserable time to be watching, uh, Arsenal. That's, that's why I try not to, if I'm working through Arsenal games, I'm pretty, pretty happy about it. Um, but, um, looking at, at the season for Spurs, 
Can you say what what is your takeaway from the season if they don't get to the final? From the season, not only Champions League, but Premier League as a whole. It's a complete failure. Um, Basically, I... Coming into this season, I was going to be disappointed no matter what if it didn't end with the trophy. Um, the fact that they're still in Champions League leaves them a chance to salvage something from this season. But if you're opening up next year playing in the, the Champions League playoff rounds with nothing to show for it except the fact that you laid down for every team that came through basically in your final 10 games of the Premier League season to give away a 10-point lead on the Champions League places, it's nothing but a failure. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible to see that, um, you know, the talk surrounding uh, Maurizio Sarri and the job that he's done at Chelsea, and now Chelsea have been guaranteed a top four finish and they sit in third place above Tottenham Um, around Christmas time, around the turn of the new year. No one would have expected that. That's um, it it looked like Tottenham were in the title race and now holding on to fourth. They're going to do it for Arsenal to finish ahead of them. Spurs would have to lose on the final day. Arsenal would have to win and make up the, the goal difference. Yeah, it's um, eight goals, I believe. It, it, yeah, it's it, are you, it's not going to happen. Crazier, crazy things have happened. I don't know that something as crazy as that has happened. Um, but it, Champions League is there for you next season. But you, you talk about the the qualifying spot and how um, the start of the season for Spurs next year would be much earlier than they would want, um, and that that even comes into into play if depending on the FA Cup final um, and how that goes um, for European qualifications um, for whether it's uh, Watford getting a win um, and then changing the the setup of that. Um, but for me, I, I can't say from an out, outside perspective that it, it would be a complete and total failure of a season, but because, just because of the the Champions League semifinal appearance, um, but well, I understand at the end that of the day, at the end of the day, no one's gonna remember the semifinal run. They're just gonna remember that you lost. I agree. I agree that the semifinal is a, a tough place to lose. Um, if you if you make the final and you lose, it's kind of you can kind of play it off and say it wasn't our day, but what a run it was. But getting to the semifinal, not quite the same sentiment surrounding it. Um, now, looking at the second leg, um, how do you expect the Spurs team to set up? Do you think they're going to go um, and you know, kind of throw everything at Ajax, or do you think it's going to be a cautious start? I mean, I assume it should still be the four-four-two diamond that we saw in the second half against Ajax, um, just with whatever healthy center back pairing there is, because I don't know if Yamatong is going to be actually available for this game or not and with Sun partnering Lucas Mora instead of um, Fernando Lorente being a tree standing there <laughs> um, how how does it feel um, from a personal perspective that 
Fernando Llorente is playing such a big part in this season? It is. It's uh, maddening. <laughs> I uh, I I would say if I was going to pick one word, that would be it. Um, the fact that one of the biggest goals that Spurs have scored was scored where Fernando Llorente's hip yeah. is just something that I never anticipated I would ever be saying about this season. Yeah, and it's not even necessarily something you want to be saying. Um, although it did get you where it did get you to the semifinal. It's kind of like it, it, it's the goal was almost a fluke. Uh, they looked at it for a handball. It, there was no way that that was getting called, well, rightfully the funny, so. The funny thing about that goal is the fact that if City's defenders aren't pushing him the way they're pushing, he's in no position to score it. Oh, I, I know. It's it, absolutely incredible. It's, City shot themselves in the foot with that, but um, I guess they thought they were doing the right thing at the time. Eh, we can't get there, so let's, let's give him a nudge, and that nudge uh, put Spurs through to the semifinal. Um, looking ahead, you said... You, you like Spurs' chances of of getting through and uh, playing in the final. What's your prediction, scoreline prediction for the second leg? Um, I am going to go 2-1 Spurs. 2-1 Spurs, throw on away goals. All right. Oh, of course. They're now, not going to make it easy at all. <laughs> no, they're going to they're gonna put you through as much as they can um, before – finding that winner that you're uh, predicting and uh, looking forward to that um, with Barcelona uh, 99.9% chance of getting through uh, against Liverpool. What are Spurs chances to lift the Champions League trophy this season? Um, Due to the fact that it's Pochettino versus Barcelona, they probably have... About a 25% chance of lifting the trophy. I, If you ask me after the Ajax game, I'd say they have a 40% chance, but I have to take that into account as well. Yeah, I understand. Uh, and one of those things where uh, if it's my team that's getting to a final, I always like to kind of downplay it. If I really think it's 50-50, I'll say more 60-40 because... On the inside, I don't want to get myself too excited. But uh, that Champions League semifinal second leg um, will be on Wednesday at 3 o'clock Eastern. Of course, on everyone's favorite channel, TNT, and BR Live, the BR Live crew is there. Um, but, Chuck, thank you very much for joining us on Footy Ado. Um, we appreciate you coming on, and we look forward to having you on more in the future. Thanks for having me. And welcome back, Jared. Uh, you have now rejoined us. Once again, a big thanks to Chuck Booth from Roto World um, for joining us on the pod. Uh, hopefully this is the first of many appearances for him on Footy Ado. Um, but Always we, an insightful, always an insightful guy. Absolutely. But we, uh, we have re- reconvened, Jared and I, for uh, the end of this episode here. We've got um, a little bit to discuss as far as the final day is concerned. Like we said, we thought we would have uh, more storylines to be paying attention to, but Cardiff City 
have been confirmed as the third and final team that will be relegated. Um, they are five points behind Brighton heading into the final day. Um, obviously, they cannot make up that tally. And it was going to be... How tough would it have been if both teams were level on points um, considering that Brighton play City and Cardiff play United on the final day? Um, although United's form has dipped uh, recently, you wouldn't have backed either of those teams to win. So it would have been in the hands of the two Manchester clubs. But it's Cardiff, Fulham, and Huddersfield that are going down. Cardiff with 31 points so far. Fulham just 26. And then Huddersfield only 15 points on the season. Um, even though they didn't, that 15th point uh, was against United this past week. So at least they're trying to put up a yeah, fight. It would, have been, it, it would have been an interesting final day. I mean, like, Brighton had no reason to really... They didn't really have much to play for. They were already safe, and they still got a result on the road uh, at Arsenal. Um, and then you look at United. Yeah, you, you'd pick United to beat Cardiff, but you'd also pick them to beat Huddersfield, and they, they couldn't manage that. So it would have been a very interesting uh, final day with those two teams. Um, but, I mean... For the most part, it's it's been Cardiff, Fulham, and Huddersfield. Those were the teams. Brighton kind of had a little bit of like a late scare. I feel like they were like mostly safe throughout the whole season, and then it was like, uh, actually, uh, Brown. And, and the, they but, they decided know. to score no goals for like eight hours or something ridiculous. Like they were just like, yeah, hey, we've got this in the bag. Just a few more points, but we don't. We're not going to get them. We just need a few more, but nah, not really a fan. Not really a fan of yeah. the whole picking up points thing. Uh, call us crazy, but yet, like, it, it, they were on a terrible, terrible run, um, yet still had a goal difference uh, margin ahead of Cardiff by they were ahead by 15 goals. Brighton's goal difference is minus 22. Cardiff's is minus 37. Fulham is minus 43. Huddersfield minus 54. The bottom three yeah. have uh, really just accounted for uh, a lot of goals allowed yeah it's been it's been a pretty boring relegation fight yeah i think huddersfield were huddersfield were confirmed relegated when september (laughs) feels like ages Uh, ago yeah yeah it's like um Fulham never, you know, we thought we were going to see a spark from them. Never came until they won three games in a row with three clean sheets in a row after they were already confirmed relegated. Um, so yeah, they had a couple manager changes that just didn't really pan out. Uh, Cardiff stuck with Neil Warnock the entire time, and you know, respect. I guess I mean kudos to them for sticking by their man, but obviously it, w- it was wasn't to be enough. But a rough season for Cardiff, especially with everything that went on with uh, Emiliana Sala. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have to wonder what what he could have brought to that team, uh, but it, you know it's a shame. There's obviously that's not the most important aspect of that whole of, of that tragedy. situation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. out of the three teams that have been relegated, who do you expect to see bounce back the quickest and come back to the Premier League? Um. I think it's probably going to be Fulham. Okay. 
I think Fulham did a great job, and and I think their football was is tailor made for the championship. So I think they're going to succeed there. I think their biggest issue was not being able to adapt it to uh, the Premier League. Didn't make the, enough of the right signings coming in, but I, I don't think I think they will be fine uh, back down in in the lower level. But you know who knows? They'll have, they'll have to reevaluate how they how they go about their promotion if they if they are to come up again anytime soon. And um, this is an interesting, uh, interesting thought for me. I expect Huddersfield to be in the third division sooner than I expect them back in the Premier League. Um, Cardiff, um, I I actually would take Cardiff. I, I think Cardiff are going to be back in the Premier League before Fulham are. Um, Fulham have to completely redo this squad now because of the amount of money that they spent. They they have to offload. So many players. Um, I know that Tom Kearney just uh, signed an extension. Uh, their captain, so he looks like he's going to stay. You have to wonder if Ryan Sessegnon is going to stay. He was uh, linked with a move away this past summer, um, but decided to stick with Fulham in their uh, in hopes of you know staying in the Premier League. And I want to say they had hopes of finishing in the same uh, spots around you know Wolves, Everton, Leicester, and Watford. You know fighting for the the top half and they didn't didn't even come close um so that that squad is going to be completely redone it's not it's not going to be the same the same squad that's putting up a fight in in the championship i don't think um as with cardiff city they have a lot of championship level players um so i think it suits them more to come back uh to to do well in the second division and uh, find their way back to the top. Yeah, um, that's that's fair. I I think I mean obviously agreeance that Huddersfield are the least likely. Yeah. To to make that jump back. Um, you know, and I I don't wish anything bad on Huddersfield. It's just the size of the club and you know the the amount of money that they're able to spend doesn't really it doesn't really bode well uh, for their future, considering. Um, how much of a shock it was that they even got up. Um, it would be a massive shock for them to do it again. Um, now, also going into this final day, top four is all but confirmed. Uh, Chelsea have officially um, gained Champions League status for next season. They're in third place uh, with 71 points. Tottenham Somehow. sit in fourth. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Tottenham sit in fourth. On 70 points, Arsenal in fifth on 67. Man United will definitely be playing in the Europa League um, with 66 points this season. They have not won a match in their last four. Arsenal in the same boat. Um, and Tottenham have only won one in their last four. And it was a last-minute a last minute winner against Brighton. So not, neither of the three teams, uh, all three of these teams, uh, have been poor towards the end. Chelsea really not... Much much better, but uh, they've done just enough. Um, Arsenal and Tottenham, three points apart. Tottenham have a eight goal advantage in the goal difference. So Arsenal somehow on the final day need Tottenham to lose to Everton, um, the same way that Everton beat United, I, yeah. and then Arsenal need to beat Burnley. What five nil? Yeah. Not not very likely. No, no. Um, 
Yeah, but, what the what the hell happened to this top four race? This I don't is know. Be such an exciting final day, and then just no one wanted it. And you know, it, Chelsea. The, the only thing like Chelsea, they they got a draw when everyone else lost, and then this past week, uh, they were outplayed in the first half by Watford. Yet somehow beat them three nil. They were up two nil within five minutes in the second half. So yeah, um, the opposite of a Chelsea performance. Just, yeah, it's normally been the complete opposite. They really went against everything they knew, but. Tottenham Arsenal and Manchester United, um, regardless of whether or not you're playing in the Champions League next season, um, all three of those clubs should be embarrassed at, as, at the way that they've played uh, at the end of this season. Completely embarrassing that they... And credit to the teams that have gotten results against them. It's not to say that... Yeah. It, it shows that the Premier League is um, the best league in the world top to bottom as far as the talent and the teams go. But completely embarrassing uh, that these three clubs have struggled so much. Um, Chelsea in, are in, in the third. Third. I That's that's insane. Tottenham yeah. going to finish fourth in a <laughs> three-horse race. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna take a more reflective look on on this. Yeah, season we're, and the race and yeah, what, what it means for after this you know, is kind the of final a, day, but. yeah this is kind of an overview right now we're going to go definitely more in detail uh next week but it's just mind blowing that this is this is what's happened and now the only consolation for arsenal is that it's not guaranteed that they're going to be playing in the europa league of course they're finishing in a europa league spot but uh they have the upper hand right now um in the Europa League semifinal against Valencia with a 3-1 lead heading into the second leg. Um, and it's they're going to play the winner of Chelsea and Frankfurt. Now, hopefully Frankfurt uh, do Arsenal a favor. I See, I don't know that... I, I don't like to wish for an opponent. I like... Because it's one of those things, okay, be careful if what you, you wish for. If you win... Right, and also if you if you want to win the competition, you got to you got to be able to anyone. Yeah, but it's just something. It's just so. something about a London derby, um, in a cup final that can that will dictate so much about the club going forward. Um, yeah. Now, well, uh, I should, it should be Frankfurt. I believe lost to Leverkusen six one uh, in their last league game. So that's pretty rough. Maybe they're um, saving themselves. Yeah, maybe yeah. they're saving themselves for uh, Stanford Bridge. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and you know, one-one is not not a bad result for Frankfurt in that situation. You know, it still gives Chelsea the upper hand, especially going back home. But Frankfurt are not out of it. Um, and you know, with if if Arsenal don't win the Europa League and get back into the Champions League mediocrity is going to continue at that club and it's going to get worse because you'd have to back Manchester United to splash some cash in the summer and bring in players to get them back into the Champions League for their new manager. Arsenal are going to spend very little. It's their, their net spend is going to be very little. Um, and it's good evening. Yeah. Good evening. Um, and they're, (laughs) They're not going to find their way back into the Champions League um, if they don't end up spending a good amount of money. They can spend more if they qualify for the Champions League with um, with more prize money that's given to them. So it's 
it's a, an interesting situation. Now, we talked last week about how they have to replace Aaron Ramsey, too, um, talking about the, the Arsenal needs in the summer. Now, Aaron Ramsey got his, his farewell at the Emirates um, this weekend, and he he did shed a few tears. Um, the club said goodbye to Ramsey, um, Petr Cech, and Danny Welbeck also leaving at the end of the season. Um struggling to keep together over here. Come on, man. Like, you're going to need a good option off the bench, a good attacking option off the bench um, as far as center forwards go. Paying Danny Welbeck is going to be cheaper than replacing Danny Welbeck. Give him a two-year deal. If he takes it, he takes it. Maybe this is him not wanting to play, um, play a bench role. He is at a point in his career where he wants to be starting week in, week out. And, you know, hopefully for him, his body can handle it. But it would have been cheaper to keep him. It would have been cheaper for Arsenal to keep Aaron Ramsey than it would be for them to have to replace him. And I don't think they're going to replace him. And that's it's disappointing. Now, everything I see with Aaron Ramsey on social media, you know, when it the rumors came out that he was leaving, he was going to go to Juventus. The rumors came out about that, and I thought, oh, that's that's a terrible decision. Now, every time the club tweets something about Ramsey leaving, it makes it, it starts to make less sense to me it, because they're highlighting what he's brought to the club over the past 11 years. Signed as a teenager, and now we have got him to his prime. He's 28 years old, and so we've put all this time and effort and money into developing this player and we're letting him go for free it doesn't make any sense um so i'm going to trans translate this i'm going to move right into my delusion if that's okay with you because it kind of all wraps up together yeah apologies i totally yeah and i totally knocked over my microphone yeah it sounds like you you punched it and then kicked it a few times but no big deal um it wasn't too loud um but my delusion is Leicester City will break into the top six next season. I think they're good enough. I think they have good enough players. Um, it would require them to spend the money on Yuri Tielemans, which they're probably going to have to spend around £40 million to do that, um, to sign a player of his caliber. But I think Leicester City break into the top six. We've had three seasons in a row now that the big six so-called have finished first through sixth. Um, you'd have to go back to 2015-16 where Leicester won the league. Um, Chelsea finished 10th. And I think Liverpool finished, I want to say, in 8th. And Southampton finished 6th. So Leicester and Southampton were both in the top six. Um, I think the, that Leicester break in and Arsenal will not finish in the top six next season. What then? What happens then? Liquidate. Liquidate the club. Um, well, what are your thoughts? What, what is it? Yeah, what I mean, like, you've made, so you've made, del- you've had delusions, you've made predictions on Liverpool not reaching their goal and getting rid of, parting ways with, with uh, Jurgen Klopp. If they finish outside the top six, what happens to Unai Emery? He would be. He would definitely be gone in that instance. Um, 
I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I don't expect myself to be wrong. I'm confident in this one. I think that I, they just have too many players that don't quite cut it. And the, the fact that I, I, a lot of Arsenal's problems, not they don't really come down to just ability. It comes down to um, the type of players and the mentality that they have because the away form over the past two seasons has been atrocious. And you need to replace a lot in a club to fix that. You need to get players out who don't have the right mindset. And that's not easy to do when you don't spend a lot of money because you can't replace these guys. So, yeah, I, I, so I saw a debate. Um, people were talking like Emery came up and, you know, people defended what he's been able to do this season, considering that he was changing a culture at Arsenal and someone actually brought, because there were the, the conversation was about Chelsea and how, how they're in third and how, uh, Sarri had, um, you know, broken the Chelsea way and new style of football to Chelsea and was able to get champions league football. And like, I mean, yeah, it's great that they're in champions league football and stuff like that. I'm super excited for that, but saying something as, asinine as breaking the Chelsea way of the past 15 years when you look at teams in the Premier League uh, and who the most successful team in the Premier League in the past 15 years was Chelsea. Um, it's just, that's just kind of crazy. But I mean, Emery has a lot, he has a lot to fix. There's, there's been a culture a um, at, at Arsenal uh, for the, the past decade or so of just, I don't want to say complacency, but you know, like comfort, you know, too much, too much comfortability. Uh, you know, I don't want to say complacency, so I'm going to say a bunch of different words that mean complacency. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, compla- <laughs> I mean, complacency, you get like, yeah. I mean, I think the perfect example for it is not to diminish the quality of the player is that he is, is Mezzadozo. You know, he's a type of player that, um, is a creative player, but doesn't want to do some of the hard stuff, you know, defensively work. We're not saying he necessarily has to, but it's kind of an embodiment of that team as a whole. You know, when they're comfortable, they, they're unhappy, they play well, but when the going gets tough, they seem to, and, you know, he has to, he has to overcome that. And it's not going to be one, it's not going to take one season to do it. It's not going to take two seasons to do it. It's going to take a lot of work. And, you know, that's, that's proving to be true. And, you know, like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I wouldn't, I, you know, there's there's people arguing uh, over social media because, you know, Arsenal fans are probably the most delusional. Um, there's people arguing that Emery should lose his job um, after this season. And I am against that, that would, because I, it's... Yeah, that would create... Yeah, that, that would create yet another... It would create a, a different culture, but it would still be the wrong culture. Yeah, and it, it wouldn't. Think, it wouldn't. Nothing would ever. It wouldn't push the club forward. Not that you know, you might find out in the long run or at the ne- end of next season um, that he he wasn't the guy for the job. He wasn't the guy to get us back in the Champions League. Um, but keep in mind, his contract was only a two year deal. It runs till next season. There's an option for the for a third season, but. Um, Arsenal 
had a short-term thought on this because, you know, it, it's tough to replace a guy that was at the club for 22 years. Um, but, you know, this is now, th- it, it'll be three seasons in a row that Arsenal do not finish in the Champions League spots. They may, like I said, qualify for the Champions League via Europa League uh, glory. We'll have to s- wait and see on that. But um, it's, it's something... Something big needs to be done. There needs to be a big overhaul this summer for me to change my thoughts on this. All right. Well, well, I I hope I hope for your for your uh, your sake, your mind's sake, your you know your peace of mind that you are are wrong, Nick, for in the, in that delusion, you know, because it, it can be a long couple of years if that were to happen, but. Um, we say we wrap it up. I think I think we I think we covered I think plenty this week. We've, we've hit our end point, yeah. Yeah, I mean we got we'll have a lot to talk about. It's gonna be interesting to sit down and kinda of figure out what exactly we talk uh we pinpoint on uh in the final episode. Could be talking about a a straightforward Manchester City title or um a shocking turnaround uh with Liverpool stealing it back at the last second. Uh City are no short of uh, having their own drama on the final day, so it's going to be an exciting end to the season. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FootyAdo. Out uh, our account on Reddit. Well, we didn't do one this week, but we will do a Reddit question next week. Um, be on the lookout for that, and we'll discuss it uh, on the podcast. But uh, at FootyAdo uh, for that one as well. Um, but you know. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, pardon our French.